You're listening to the Brighter Finances Podcast, the podcast designed to bring the brighter days of life to life through financial education and comprehensive case studies. Hello, and welcome to the Brighter Finances Podcast, the show that brings educational content to help small business owners and content creators bring the brighter days of life to life. This is your host, Louis Guajardo, the founder and lead financial planner at Brighter Days Planning. If you're a content creator, OnlyFans model, or self-employed in general, then you must be saving for your tax bill. If you haven't begun saving for this bill as of yet, then it'll be extremely important for you to listen to this episode as I will spend some time explaining what are quarterly taxes, why do you have to pay them, and what is a good strategy for ensuring that you have set aside enough to avoid those penalties. So let's begin begin this episode by discussing what are quarterly taxes. Well, typically as an employee of an employer, as part of the payroll system, they take out a withholding from your income in order to set it aside for taxes. Well, now if you're the employee and the employer, or in other words, self-employed as either a S-corp partner, sole proprietorship, solo member LLC, or however your business is formed, then now you are not having those taxes withheld on your behalf and sent to the IRS. So instead, what ends up happening is you become responsible for sending these payments to the IRS. This is in the form of quarterly tax payments. Now, the quarterly tax payments don't necessarily need to be paid on a quarterly basis. However, it's typically how it is done. And this is because the IRS expects you to make a payment on April 15th, on June 15th, September 15th, and finally on January 15th of the next year in order to fulfill your tax liability. Now, you can kind of tell that these aren't necessarily in quarterly increments, although that's what it's called. But you can see here that from January to April is three months. From April to June is only two months, and then from June to September is three months, and September to January is four months. So what are you paying into these quarterly taxes? Well, you're paying your income tax rate, which is at the federal level, and then you're paying what's called a self-employment tax, and then you're also paying state taxes at times where sometimes the state varies, so it really is dependent on the state that you live in and whether or not they expect you to make these quarterly tax payments and when they expect you to make these payments as well. But typically, those are the three amounts that you're paying. So your federal income tax rate can be anywhere between 12% and 39%, whereas for the self-employment tax, you're paying 15.3%. When you're an employee of of a company, you only have to pay 7.65% of this, whereas when you're an employee and an employer, you're paying 7.65% on the employee side and 7.65% on the employer side. So who's actually going to be paying these quarterly taxes? That's going to be solo member LLCs, sole proprietorships, S-corps, partnerships, things like that. Now, you're only expected to make payments if you think that you're going to owe or you're expected to owe at least $1,000 to the IRS for that income tax year. Now, you can calculate how much you're going to owe by filling out form 1040ES. You can find this form on the IRS website. However, it may be a little bit difficult for non-professionals to fill this form out and to calculate this accordingly. 
So what you can do is partner up with a CPA, certified public accountant, or an EA, an enrolled agent, who can fill this form out for you and determine what your estimated tax would be based off of deductions, credits, your income, etc. So now you have a basic understanding of what quarterly taxes are, but how does this relate to OnlyFans creators or models? Well, it relates to them because those who engage in this type of business are technically considered self-employed or business owners in the eyes of the IRS. And in that case, you are required, if you make over or if you expect to owe over $1,000, you are required by the IRS to start making these quarterly payments. And oftentimes, people will owe over $1,000 to the IRS over the course of a full tax year. Now, OnlyFans will only send you out a 1099 if you made over $600 in that year. However, if you made $300 or $400 or $500, you are still expected to report that income to the IRS in case it is subject to taxation. So regardless of whether you get a 1099, it is your obligation to actually fill out uh, your taxes properly and report any income made off of OnlyFans or other platforms as well. Now, as a part of this income, it's also going to include tips. So remember to incorporate that into your calculation too. So how are we actually going to go about planning for these estimated tax payments? Well, one of the things that you could do is calculate the tax that you owe. You can do this in several different ways. One, like we suggested, was filling out Form 1040ES. However, like I said, this can be difficult, but the numbers you'll need if you expect to fill this out for yourself are going to be adjusted gross income, which can otherwise be known as AGI. You're going to need your deduction amount, whether or not you're itemizing or using the standard deduction. You're going to need to determine your self-employment tax paid and then any other credits and deductions such as the QBI, which is the qualified business income tax credit or education credits um, that you may have qualified for during the year too. Now, we don't make any recommendations on this podcast, and quite honestly, we are not allowed to, and it wouldn't even be possible to make accurate recommendations because we are unaware of the situation that you are in. However, with that said, what we often see others do is save what's called an effective tax rate, which is basically the amount of tax that you owe or the percentage that you will owe. So you have your marginal rate, which is going to be whether you fall on the 12% bracket, the 22% bracket, the 37% bracket, or so on. And then you have the effective tax rate, which is basically uh, the average of all of those. So what people will do is save what they think their effective tax rate is going to be. Now, if you do do this, please make sure to have a buffer set on the side as well in case you didn't calculate your effective tax rate properly or whatever software you're using didn't calculate it properly or you forgot any deductions or things like that, um, then you'll want to make sure that you're including a buffer in this calculation as well. And worst case scenario, this buffer is going to give you some additional funds wherever you're saving them, either in like a high yield savings account, a regular savings account, or even a checking account. Worst case scenario, you're going to have these funds set aside that you could start to reutilize or use towards saving for your next year's tax bill if your calculation was off. But it's better to be on this side of the equation than on the other side and underpay your tax bill at the end of the year or at each quarter. 
Now, like we've suggested already, I know that it could be difficult to have confidence in your estimate. And so the IRS has built in things such as the safe harbor in order to help you avoid uh, making mistakes. They are basically building in a buffer for you as well to make sure you're paying enough so that you don't face any um, penalties come year end. So what is the safe harbor in terms of paying quarterly taxes? Well, if you paid at least 90% of the tax for the current year or 100% of the tax that was shown on the last year's statement, then you'll be good and you'll have met the safe harbor and will not owe any penalties even if you owe additional funds. However, there is a caveat for high income earners, which many of you OnlyFans creators are in this um, situation. So let's look at that one right now too. So if you're a high income earner, meaning in the eyes of the IRS that your adjusted gross income is over $150,000, or $75,000 if you're married filing single, then you must pay the lower of 90% of the tax shown on the current year's statement or 110% of the tax shown on the previous return that you filed the year prior. So if you owed $100,000 last year, for example, then that would mean that you would need to pay $110,000 in taxes this year in order to qualify for the safe harbor or you would have to pay 90% of whatever you expect to earn this year. So what are some strategies that we can consider when saving for these quarterly taxes? So you should definitely start by calculating your safe harbor. So again, that's gonna be 90% of the current year's tax or 100% of the previous year's tax. So if you owed 10,000 last year, then you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you're saving at least 10,000 this year. Or if you're a high income earner, it's going to be 90% of this year's expected tax or 110% of last year's. So again, if it, that's 100000 that you owed last year, well, you're going to want to save 110000 for taxes this year in order to avoid these penalties. Now, you can also partner, like we said before, with an EA or a CPA to help you get these estimates or the safe harbor calculation. And once you do have these numbers, then you're going to want to have a place where you can actually save for these and set the money aside. So you're ensuring that it's there come each quarter where you're going to have to send in this money to the IRS. So what do we use? Well, for our quarterly taxes, we use what's called a high yield savings account. So we're getting some extra yield on these funds while they're sitting idle waiting to be sent to the IRS at the end of each quarter. Now, what we like to do is set up with a bank that's going to allow us to open multiple different savings accounts, such as Capital One, where you can save one for your emergency fund, open up another account and title it for your tax savings, and then maybe open up another one for a home purchase, maybe, or whatever else you are saving for in that year. Another thing that we would suggest is setting up your phone or calendar to set reminders for each deadline or a few days before the deadline so you can be prepared come that deadline or you could even get these taxes paid before that deadline hits. So the last thing that we would say in terms of strategizing for quarterly taxes is going to be start tax planning. So start tracking your credits, start tracking your deductions, whether this is the home office deduction or per, uh, business use of your car deduction, make sure that you're tracking these and keeping solid records because when it comes time and you go to a tax preparer, if you don't bring these to them, they're going to assume that you don't have them and then you're going to be missing out on deductions and credits that you otherwise would have qualified for.
Now keep your receipts so that you can at very least bring all these receipts to that person who's filing your taxes and tell them that these are business write-offs, right? Um, the last thing we would say too is organize your books and keep solid records again so you could bring this to your tax preparer to ensure that you're not missing out on any of these deductions or write-offs. So we've gotten to the worst part of the podcast, and that's actually sending in the payment to the IRS. So how do you do this? Where do you go? What's the best way to do it? Well, there's a couple of different ways. There's a couple of old school ways, and then there's the new school way, which, which we'll get to last. So firstly, calculate your estimated tax and determine if you're actually required to pay quarterly. You can use Form 1040-S, which will provide you coupons at the very bottom, which you can then clip and mail to the IRS with a check made out to them. Or what you can do, too, is give a call to the IRS and make that payment over the phone. Now, lastly, and probably the easiest option is going to be downloading and signing up for an IRS to go uh, mobile account. Now, once you do that, you can set up an account and it's going to allow you to make these quarterly payments on that app. It'll also allow you to track your tax return and then access other tax documents as well. So before we end this episode, I wanted to touch base on a couple of frequently asked questions that we've been receiving when it comes to quarterly taxes. So let's get right into the first question, which is, why do I have to pay taxes on a quarterly basis, but my friends don't? Now, we touched on this a little bit earlier in the episode, but I wanted to give a little bit more of an explanation and expand on this idea. Now, typically, you're going to have an employee and an employer. A lot of people are employees of an employer, whether that's Apple, Best Buy, or whatever the corporation is. What they're going to do is have you fill out a form when you first get hired. This is going to track your dependents and other things that are going to be taken into account when calculating uh, how much money you should be paying into the IRS. So these are going to come out each time that you get a check handed to you. It's going to have taxes already withheld. If you've ever had a job before, you probably see this, you probably hate it, um, but that's just how it is. Now, when you're the employee and you're the employer, you might not be running payroll and you might not be paying into the tax system each week or two weeks or every month. So the IRS makes you responsible for sending in those funds and they just do this on a quarterly basis. Now, like we said before, you don't necessarily have to send them in on a quarterly basis. You could send them in every month. Um, however, it's at least on a quarterly basis or at least by the deadline that the IRS gives us. So this is the reason why you have to pay on a quarterly basis. Now, it's not to say that you're going to be paying more taxes than the next person. Um, it may seem like that because it's taking into account, you know, sometimes three or four months worth of taxes that have not been withheld, whereas most other people are paying, you know, on a weekly or biweekly basis. Moving on to question two, am I paying more taxes than everyone else because of the double self-employment tax? Essentially, yes, you are. You're paying uh, the employee and the employer side of FICA and Medicare tax, which is going to be 7.65% for the employee, 7.65% for the employer. And so if you're self-employed, you are paying a total of 15.3%, whereas everybody else is paying 7.65% on their end. And then the employer is covering that other 7.65%. 
So technically your business is paying half of it and you are paying half of it. But when it really comes down to it, it will feel like it's just coming right out of your check. Um, now, there's other things to take into consideration with this, such as the case for business write-offs. Now, let's just take the home office deduction, for example. If you're working at home um, and you're an employee of a big corporation, but you're using a home office to work from, you know, even if it's five days a week and it's for a full year, well, if you're an employee of a corporation, you're not going to be eligible uh, to to qualify for that home office deduction. Whereas if you're self-employed, you will be eligible to use that home office deduction and write off um, some additional costs such as Wi-Fi, electricity on a prorated basis. So there are some benefits to it and oftentimes self-employed individuals might be able to find more deductions, more write-offs than they would have been able to if they were an employee of a big corporation. So some pros and cons to it, but in essence, yes, you technically are paying more. So to wrap this up, quarterly taxes are just a normal tax plus self-employment tax and potentially a state tax as well if your state makes you pay on a quarterly basis. Now these are paid on April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th typically, or the Monday thereafter. However, Keep in mind that the IRS may change these from time to time, so it's important to stay up to date on their website to ensure that you're meeting these deadlines. Like we recommended before, what we would what we would do is place a reminder in our phone on our calendar so that we make sure that we're sending in these payments before they're due or at very least by the due date to avoid any penalties that could come along with this. Now, you're self-employed and therefore responsible for quarterly taxes because you're not having this withheld from your paycheck like you typically would be if you're an employee of a bigger corporation. Now, you can calculate this amount by partnering with an enrolled agent or a CPA. Um, however, you could also just calculate it by filling out Form 1040ES, which may be a little bit more difficult and you may not be able to determine an appropriate percentage to withhold and therefore we would suggest that you partner with a CPA or an enrolled agent in order to get this calculation as accurate as it could possibly be. Now it's important to plan for these expenses by setting aside money typically in a high yield savings account, money market, mutual fund, whatever you feel most comfortable with. It's important to be sure that you're setting aside an appropriate amount in somewhere that's going to provide you an additional yield for while that cash is sitting idle. Lastly, don't forget to pay these taxes by calling the IRS, sending in your 1040 ES coupons, or signing up for the IRS to go app and making your payments there. That's going to be it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And of course, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. My email is lewis at brighterdaysplanning.com. And until next time, cheers to brighter days. Thank you for listening to the Brighter Finances podcast. If you'd like access to some of our free resources or would like to see how we may be able to bring you brighter days, then go to brighterdaysplanning.com and click get started where you can schedule a one-on-one meeting with myself. We'd love to learn about your life and see how we can be of service. Lastly, 
Please remember, nothing that we discuss through this podcast should be considered advice. You should always consult with a financial, tax, or legal professional so they can become familiar with your unique circumstances before making any financial decisions.